You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode eight, all about building trust and first-time guest relations. Trustful! Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you lead with confidence and clarity. These are practical solutions for your ministry that you probably didn't learn in seminary. Now, let's join your host, Seth Hughes, who once wrestled a ghost. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I am Seth, and today I have on the show a very special guest. His name is Adam McLaughlin, and he is the marketing director and communications director at, at Life Church in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, Adam is is a, is a really cool guy. He's, he's Canadian, and he moved down to Florida not too long ago, so he's kind of new to the, uh, I guess, the sun. And so we're glad to have him on the show, and my conversation with him covers um, a, a lot of different aspects of church marketing. Particularly, we're talking about guest experiences, first-time guests, and what they experience when they come to your church, and why that's so important in building trust. Adam actually has an ebook out. We're going to put some of these things in the show notes so you can get those links. And uh, you need to go get that 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 ebook, and, and it's such a great resource for you to have. Um, Without further ado, I want to jump into our conversation here today. We're going to talk about first-time guest experiences. Like I said, we also have a new segment at the end that you need to wait for. It's really fun. Uh, It's the first time I've gotten to do it. It's called Five on the Spot, where I ask just five random stupid questions uh, to our guests, and and they have no idea what's coming. We haven't talked about them at all, so it's very much on the spot, and we had some good fun uh, with that. So... Here is my interview with Adam McLaughlin. I hope it really helps you in your understanding of what it means to be a first-time guest coming to a, your church. Now, I was recently in ministry for a long time, and now that I'm not working on staff as a church, going to different churches, this has been a point that's really been brought home to me, uh, what it's like to be that person walking through the door to have no idea what's going on. In my case, I've been on the other side, so I'm a little extra critical. So I see a lot of stuff that probably uh, many people don't normally know how to articulate just because I've been on the other side, but they feel it. And so interpreting some of these things he's talking about, let me tell you, Adam's got a great perspective on this. I think he's spot on. And you, anybody who is in any ministry, whether you're in youth ministry, worship ministry, you're the senior pastor or you're an elder at a church, you're a volunteer, you're a lay leader, it doesn't really matter. I think you'll benefit from this conversation. So I'll shut up and we'll get to it. And here is Adam uh, McLaughlin. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey guys, welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I am Seth, and I'm here with my guest today, Adam McLaughlin. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Seth. It's great to be here. Adam uh, reached out, and I'm just so glad that you're here to talk about what we have to talk about today. And uh, if you would, just if pe- there's people that, I mean, my podcast is fairly new, so tell people who you are, kind of what you do, and uh, where, where you work at, and all that stuff. Sure. Well, uh, I work as marketing and communications director at Life Church in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, I was born and raised in Canada, and uh, we moved here to Fort Myers about a year and a half ago, and it is heaven compared to shoveling snow. Wow. I've just learned a lot of interesting facts about you that I did not know. You're Canadian. Yes, sir. Canadian. Okay. Wow. That's, that's really cool. You're definitely the first Canadian I have, I've had on the show. Um, and, and also you said life church. Now, That's right. uh, some people might 
say, oh, Craig Rochelle, Life Church. Is that the Life Church you're talking about? No, we're not affiliated with them. Kudos to them, but we're not affiliated. You're not. Okay, I want to make sure that's clear because you're in Florida. And, that's right, and, and, Fort Myers, Florida on the Gulf Coast. Yeah, and Groeschel is up in uh, Oklahoma where they grow rocks all day. So <laughs> I don't, I've been there. I used to go to church camp up in Oklahoma. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. Never. Love to see time. Oh, man, it is so hot. Uh, it makes Texas look like a like a beach. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you have a website, and and you you do some some interesting things in the world of church marketing, and and I want to get into that today, especially when it comes to building guest experiences, because I know that whatever ministry you're really in, whether you're a youth pastor or you're a worship pastor or you're the main pastor, you're an elder at a church. You, you this is a really important thing, and and people are starting to become really aware of it. So, it's very right. timely you know, what you provide. I've actually read your ebook and it's just, it's great stuff. And I, and I want to get to that in a second, but uh, tell us about churchmarketingideas.com. Tell us what that's all about. Sure. So um, I blog there on church marketing ideas and uh, I, I like to kind of share what's going on with us as a team. Um, not just necessarily what the, what our guests experience, although you'll find that there, but you, you know, you also find stuff about graphic design and and some ideas on how to utilize, uh, you know, current content. But really what I like to focus on is, um, or, or one of the main focuses is what we do as a team. So what we're learning as a team. And uh, my hope is that somebody who has a similar question as we had, you know, can find out the answer in two or three minutes, or at least get our perspective and figure out how that works for them rather than, you know, sometimes two or three days or two or three weeks, even two or three months of us having conversations and meetings to try and figure it out for our team. So if I can kind of pour gasoline on someone else's fire and help them move uh, their church forward, help them impact their community in a, in a shorter time frame, then that's kind of what I'm going for. Awesome. And, and in the name itself, it's church marketing ideas. That's uh, right. You're smiling. I can see you smiling. Uh so tell, do you get a lot of pushback on the word marketing from churches? Is that a big deal? At, at times it can be. Yeah. Um, you know, um, so, some churches have the perspective that marketing sounds like you're selling something, right? So right. it sounds like you're getting to be a used car salesman. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to push something that people don't necessarily want. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there might be some other more in-depth discussions about perceptions there. Um, but I kind of take it back to, you know, when Jesus came to the earth, uh, oh, I was doing some consulting for a church and, and they, you know, pushed back on that. <laughs> Their associate pastor said, really? okay, so tell me about Jesus's target audience. You know, assuming he had backed me into a corner and, and I was going to say, well, Jesus came for everybody. So yeah. or Jews. he didn't have a target audience, right. He was right. pretty clear. <laughs> He's like, I came for the Jews. Right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> it's like, They're that's my target. Right. There's even a Canaanite woman who came. Uh -huh. He said, you know, uh, I'm not really here to serve you. I, I think what Jesus understood was that he was there to create a team. He was there yeah. to create a culture and instill that into people who could go and reach the Jews. Uh, yeah. Sorry, reach the Gentiles. Right. 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 And, and I think when you when you create a team that understands team, they they tend to reproduce more teams that then reproduce more teams and therefore exponentially reach more people. I think it's brilliant. And I think that's definitely what we see in Jesus doing right then. 
Right. So, you know, when we kind of the basis or the next step in that conversation, if if the if the church still has a concern about the word marketing or the suggestion that they might be uh, that they they might be creating a certain experience or having to narrow down their target audience would be, you know, the conversation is, do you have anybody who drives two hours or more to get to your church on a on a weekend? You Mm -hmm. know, and if the answer is no, then we've already started to narrow down the target audience. Right. 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 Don't, don't, don't be a church in Orlando and go buy a billboard in Seattle. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Unless you're an or, online campus and then you can do that. Right. Well, and then that's a different discussion altogether. <laughs> altogether. Right? Whole right? new thing. So, but typically somebody who's going to give us pushback on, we don't believe the church is meant to do marketing is probably not the church that's launching an online campus yet. Probably right? not. So right. And, those, and, thoughts, those considerations are, are independent of each other. Yeah. And I think it's important because I think what people hear when they hear that word marketing, they hear manipulating. And, and that's not really what you do in the church. I mean, marketing is not necessarily manipulating. I mean, sometimes it can be. And I think they're just the holistic experience of marketing for a lot of people they tend to associate that with some manipulative ads and things like that. And, and, and that just gives them the sour taste. So I think education for, for churches is, is really healthy right now because of the fact that, gosh, what a noisy world we live in. Right. right. And we just need to be able to cut through it. So, um, yeah, this word marketing is a big part of what you do and in your book and how you lay these out. I know you've got like three words that you use uh, to to kind of navigate through how to help churches figure out who they're reaching. And it gets to this first time guest experience eventually. And, and, and so tell us about these three words, because you've got a different approach to using these three words that people yeah. have heard. So tell us about okay. those three. Sure. So first, the disclaimer, uh-huh. I'm not saying that these three u- words are universally true. Like if you look it up in Webster's, you might not see exactly how I frame it. Um, but the reality is there are three concepts that I find make up my position here and the three concepts that I've found can make an impact on how somebody will experience your church. So for instance, you said sometimes we have the perception that marketing is manipulation. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do is I want to take you one step back from marketing and say that, you know, the motive for your marketing could determine if it's been, if it actually is manipulation or if you're truly trying to express a message that you care about and things somebody else will find value in. So that step back is kind of what, or is what I would call branding. It's kind of your core values. Okay. So that's kind of the basis. That's kind of the bullseye on the target is your branding. What are your core values? And um, what, what makes your church unique? Why is your church or how is your church a unique expression of God's goodness on the earth? So for instance, here at Life Church. Uh, our four core values are the presence of God, loving relationships, team, mem- team ministry, and multiplication. So I'm not saying those are the best four core values, but they are the best four for us, yeah. right? Lots of other churches have different core values, and they reach different people than we reach. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. So your branding is is a reflection of your core values. And then your marketing is how people are going to experience your core values, So for instance, if one of your core values is that you are going to be the friendliest church in town, so your core value is to be friendly, you're going to be the friendliest church in town, then your marketing is how people would experience that branding. So when they come to the door, the person who greets them smiles and welcomes them in. 
you know, maybe whoever greets them next helps them find a seat, introduces themselves. That's part of the marketing. That's how they're experiencing your core values. And what you want to do is you want to create a set of experiences or create a single experience with multiple components. Okay. So that those people walk away saying, wow, that is the friendliest church in town. Yeah. If you can get them to walk away having an experience that lines up with your branding, then that word is going to spread. That's how you create trust. Mm -hmm. And so then kind of the third level of that is your advertising. So your branding is your core values, what you want to be known for. Your marketing is how people experience that. And then your advertising is letting people know what to anticipate from their experience when they come into your church. So for instance, your adver- in, in that case, your advertising might be, we're the friendliest church in town. Or your advertising might be, um, you know, smiles are free, right? <laughs> or your advertising might be, um, you know, uh, everyone like- has... That's like Jimmy you know, John's, right? The sm- free yeah, smells, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. free or smells at Jimmy John's. That's right. Awesome. <laughs> or, or it could be like, you know, that, that could be your advertising. That could be what you're known for yeah. outside the church. Uh, it could be that, you know, your advertising could be if you come in with a frown, you'll leave with a smile. I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas. Yeah. And then when they come in, they experience that. So they go from advertising to an experience and that experience, their market, your marketing, points them towards your branding. So that's kind of how I lay out this branding, marketing, and advertising strategy. And I think when those three things are in line, you create trust with somebody. Mm-hmm. So somebody sees your advertising and say, hey, if you leave with a frown, or if you come in with a frown, you'll leave with a smile. <laughs> and yeah. then they experience that, and they truly do leave with, your, with a smile. And then they say, hey, listen, you know what? They really are the friendliest church in town. Now you've created trust. Now you've got the foundation to build a relationship with that person. Yeah. And so I kind of call this trust glue. This is the, the thing that makes people stick, makes people connect with your values, makes people connect with who you are as a church. Yeah. And I'll, I got an example. I'm, uh, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking about this church that my wife and I visited recently nearby. And man, we went in there and were just blown away at how friendly they were. I mean, so many people greeted us and it was a smaller church, but about 150, you know, and, and sure. which isn't like the 1500 people or mega churches that we have around here in Dallas. I mean, there's all mega churches here. And so a church of 150, I'm sure they're out there, but it's like you don't see them because of all the giant Jesus theme parks that we build. So <laughs> we have this this experience at this church and it's just everybody is so nice. They're so friendly. They're guest uh, materials they hand you. It's like a bottle of water with the, with their logo on it. And, you know, uh, like a, all bunch, a bunch of cards about the ministries they have. And the, that was all like really cool. But the thing that really got us that makes us just, we can't wait till we go back is just how friendly they were and, and just how much the things that we read on the wall about it being a church for everyone or, and, and a place for you can belong, that kind of thing. I mean, we really felt like they meant that. Uh, I actually asked one of the ladies at the end, I was like, okay, everyone's so friendly here. Like what's wrong? What's wrong <laughs> with this place? You know? And I think they just get as a group, what you're talking about, that marketing side, they get that, man, these are our values. So this needs to be our experience. And they connected that. Now they just, nobody knows that they're even there. So their advertising side needs a little work, but they, <laughs> they definitely have that part just down. And a man, when that clicks, 
That's yeah. the kind of church as soon as they know somebody, you just need to know that it's there and it's going to blow up. Right. You know, and, and so now, you know, they've built trust with you. Yeah. Right? You, you genuinely trust that they care about you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're at the gas station or whatever and the cashier starts talking and something comes up or, you know, uh, a coworker says, Hey man, I seriously just have never found a friendly church. Well, who are you going to recommend? Oh man, I know exactly what I'm recommending. Exactly. And dude, I've done it at least three times. I've at least told at least three other people like, guy, man, we saw this. We went to this great church. Sometimes it wasn't even like warranted. They, we were just talking about something else. I was like, by the way, I just went to this great church. And I was just thinking about <laughs> it because it just sticks, man. It just sticks in my head. And I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a seasoned vet when it comes to church. I've worked on staff for several years, so it's yeah. easy for me to see through all the gloss and all the glitter of what they do up front. And I'm pretty critical. You know how it is. Sometimes you get, you get in a church and you're like, Oh, uh, look what they did. Look at the wrong words are wrong on the screen. And man, I just didn't care about that while I was there. They just blew me away. It just yeah, erases all that stuff. For sure. And, and you know, I, we, Trust is basically at the foundation of the world we live in anymore. Yeah. You know, when you and every time you open an email, you have to ask, you know, is this actually from the person who sent it? Yeah. You know, when, when yes. you can get spammed on Twitter, when you can get followed, when your Facebook account can get hacked and your friends find out you're, you know, stuck in Paris and you need them to email you a thousand dollars to your new email address, mm-hmm. you know, like those yeah. things. We live in the world we live in, yeah. something that genuinely creates an experience that people truly, you can tell the people creating the experience truly believe in why they're doing it, mm-hmm. that that creates trust like nothing else. Exactly. And it's like, it's better than any cool series or graphic or awesome video or cool praise band or really creative and charismatic teacher. I mean, all of that is good, but just the, when the people themselves get that vision. So... I think the next logical question is, is from leadership point of view, you know, like what are some of these touch points in that, that experience that, you know, leadership needs to be thinking about and trying to, to pass that vision on to their, to their, uh, to their people. You know, what are some of those touch points? Yeah. So, um, when I first started writing my ebook, uh, talking about trust glue, creating this experience between branding, marketing, and advertising, Initially, I came up with 258 trust uh, touch points. Wow. So I knew this was going to be an issue. Wow. <laughs> this is not going to be a nice, concise ebook. You know, everything from how you follow up with new visitors, um, the songs you choose, the way you display the lyrics, the way you uh, choose for your worship team to dress, the way your volunteers experience a meeting internally, the mm-hmm. way somebody experiences your your uh, office staff when they walk in your front door. All these things can talk about your core values. So, I mean, initially I couldn't just, well, I could have, but I'd still be writing three years from now an ebook with these 200 and something points. So I narrowed it down to 11 touch points that we can use to create a first impression. So I've read some studies online and it depends which study you read, but you basically have between seven to 10 minutes between the time somebody drives onto your parking lot and when they start deciding if they'll be back to your church. Okay. So anything can change that decision, right? Good or bad. Anything can change that decision. So you have to imagine if a new visitor comes to your church 10 minutes before service starts, service hasn't even started. 
and they're starting to make a decision about whether they want to come back. Yeah. You know, we, we prep a pre-service video. We spend hours with our worship team rehearsing. Pastor uh, works on his message for hours during the week. We have a slideshow. We have a presentation. We have a handout. And we have, you know, a bumper video at the end of the sermon. We, we're going to follow up with clips on social media. But even before we get to all that stuff, the person who's visiting your church for the first time has probably already started to decide if they'll be back. Yeah. And some of the churches around here are so big, man. It takes 10 minutes just to get to the front door. So, right. so like, what's your parking lot like? You know, it makes me think like, man, am I already deciding by the time I get to the front door of some mega church, you know, or some giant church? that has this enormous park, or even if it's not that big, it's just parking's a terrible thing at your church. And right. I'm trying to get in there and I'm already like angry at you for making me walk through a field that cows poop in or whatever, you know, or right. whatever you are, you know? So I, I, man, 10 minutes, that's fast. That is a fast decision making time where it starts to either decline or, or go up. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I think every touch point in that in that time frame, in that seven to 10 minutes, every touch point is valuable and will either enforce your core values and create trust or will detract from your core values. Or even if it's not a bad thing, but doesn't line up with your core values, it could just come across as confusing. Yeah. I, I could see that too. It's like, if we were, we're like, like you said, want to be the friendliest church in the world. You see that written on the wall, you come in or it's on a banner or whatever, and nobody talks to you. It's right. like immediately it's like, this is a place full of liars, man. They don't, <laughs> you know, I'm going to church with a bunch of liars. Now, of course, we're all liars, you know, we're all hypocrites and sinners and all that. But it's like, it really puts a taste in your mouth that you're like, okay, I don't really care for this. I don't think I'll be back. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, uh, talking about that, that is kind of your, your core, core values and your branding and, and all that. So that obviously starts in a room somewhere with leadership and people in the church deciding what those things are going to be. Um, a lot of our listeners are possibly youth pastors, worship pastors. They're not the main guys, you sure. know, and so they're not the, the head honchos of, of the leadership at the church. And so sometimes they'll be in a situation where um, they're kind of maybe speaking into that a little bit, but maybe just handed, here's our vision. Here's what we are as a church. And they don't really understand it. So if you're that leader, because I think that leader uh, has a has an uphill battle a little bit. When you try to like take what they've got and rebrand for your ministry, for youth ministry, or take it and, and use it, you know, I guess what what are some tips for that person to kind of onboard themselves a little bit better to, sure. to what's going on? What do, you, what do you see in that? Yeah, so I think that... Um if we imagine it's like a bull, a bullseye mm -hmm. on a target, your branding is the bullseye. It's really tight. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a very small opportunity to have, you know, any, any flux on that. Mm -hmm. So if your if your leadership has decided, look, this is our, these are our core values and this is the experience we want people to have, then that's pretty well set. I wouldn't fight that. Or, I mean, yeah, every situation. Is different. I wouldn't. So, I wouldn't either. I mean, I think that's right. Unwise. So now, so now we move up to a larger ring, which we call marketing. So I think in the case, you know, um, so with our four core values, if you walk into our youth service, they express our core values. They express that. They market a lot different than 
our kids' ministry would. Really? But you can still experience those same core values. So do, so do you say they, they market it differently? Would they maybe reword things or repackage it in a way that, that kind of speaks to that demographic a little better? Or yeah, So their experience is different. Okay. But you still get the sense that our number one, for us at least, um, you know, yeah. it's, it's not a right or wrong for us at Life Church. Our number one primary core value is the presence of God. Okay. So when the youth have a service, they will worship for whatever time it takes for people to express themselves. And sometimes that takes all service. Right? Oh, wow. When the kids have worship, you know, in our fifth to or first to fifth grade, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily going to let them sing and dance and have worship all service <laughs> because right. it's going to look different for them. However, we regularly allow the kids to pray for each other. We regularly allow the kids to talk about things that God's talking to them about. Um, you know, I prayed for a friend at school and they didn't have a headache anymore. Um, we will, you know, with the youth, they don't want to color a butterfly that said, you know, I prayed for a friend and they didn't get a headache anymore. <laughs> color a and, butterfly. Right. But the kids hashtag color butterfly, right? Hashtag <laughs> color a butterfly. I want to see it. <laughs> right. So I would say that, you know, I, I'm going to throw this out there that I think there are multiple churches that share identical core values, but express them differently. Mm. You know, so that church that you went to, obviously it was easy to see that they were intentional about being the friendliest church. Yeah. However, if you had a brainstorming session, I'm going to guess you could think of something they didn't do that they could have done that also would have expressed that they're a friendly church. So I would say from a, a youth leader's perspective, a youth pastor's perspective, a worship leader, worship pastor's perspective, that you don't have to feel like because the branding is so tight that the marketing or the experience you create has to be identically tight. I hope you can have the conversation with leadership that says, look, I know our core value is X and here are the five ways we're going to express that during youth service, Mm -hmm. you know, and that might look like the five ways it might look different than the five ways we express it in the adult service or the three ways or the 10 ways we express it in the kids service. Yeah. However, it still points back to our core value being X. Yeah, I think that's good. And and to be honest, in my experience, a lot of churches don't know how to deal with that. They don't really understand the difference between a core value and that marketing experience. And so right. sometimes they kind of can be a little bit militaristic about both. And, and then other times it can be just completely wheels off and right. you do whatever you want. And that's when you, you know, get way out in the weeds with one group and you get silo ministry. And I heard a pastor once say that two visions is division and that's what you get. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's when you start having that happen. So, um, so that's good. I'm glad we covered that because I think when, when you get talking to the, uh, the, the, I don't know what to call understaff. I don't want to call it that, but like the non-senior pastor staff, then uh, you start to get a little muddy because they're not really part of that, that conversation a lot of times. Now, the last church I was at, they involved almost everybody that wanted to be involved on staff, which was great. Uh, And so we all felt like we owned that vision, that branding, that rebrand that we did. Um, And so, so anyway, the, when you, let's go back to like first impressions and kind of how that, 
affects your trust in the church. Um, You've probably been in several churches. You've probably walked in and, and gone, okay, first thing we need to do is blank. What do you normally see the most where you're just like, why can't anybody just do this? What, what is the thing we're missing? What, why does everybody miss this one? You know, what, what is that thing or a couple things that you see? Website. Ah, I didn't even tee it up for you, but I kind of knew it was going to come. Oh, okay. man, it's, it's <laughs> terrible because on your website, you can download stock photos of whatever you want your people to look like. Yeah. And you can post them in place. They can be you know? 33% of each minority and you're a right. completely white church. Or, <laughs> or, or, or be a hundred percent of a certain something if you want to lean that way. Yeah, I mean, like that's you know, it's so just a, I think, it's another lie. It's just another lie. Yeah. So you know? I use this example uh, a church I did some consulting for. Okay. They're another church, and um, they're uh, they love singing hymns. They had a pipe organ and uh, a really great community. Mm. Uh, Again, I don't want to sound like I'm talking down because those are their, their, how they express their core values. Yeah. I think it's great. However, on their website, they went on the stock photo library and they downloaded a bunch of photos of young couples with kids because that's who they thought they were trying to attract. Mm. Um, and then on their website, they put a worship video of uh, a concert that one time they rented out their building. Some guy came in, did a worship concert. They got the video and they thought, hey, this is a great way to show people what the inside of our church looks like. Yeah. And so you see a rock concert and you see pictures of young families with kids. And when you go to experience that church, it's completely different. I mean, yeah. like literally three steps in the door, you've ruined the trust. Yes. <laughs> right? And the interesting thing is to show them the flip perspective. So what if you have an older couple in town? They're looking online for a new church. They want a church that sings hymns. They want a church that's very focused, that's not like a rock concert. Um, They want a church where they can connect with people their own age of similar interests. And now they're never even going to visit your church because your website completely doesn't represent you well. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Uh, Times two. Yeah. I mean, like, you're not going to get anybody. This website is, is hurting you. This is not even providing neutral value. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's even, that even can be done with a website that actually looks good. You know, not sure. to, not to mention the one that looks like it's like made in 1998 on windows 95, you know, whatever. And, and, and so updating that website, you know, I go to, that's the first thing I do, man. And, and, People tell me about a church, especially now that I'm not on a church staff and we're visiting churches. My wife and I will be here. We'll be talking about a church we want to visit. Like, yeah, yeah, let's go over to that church and let's check it out. I'm like, oh, yeah, where is that? And we'll talk about it. And then I go, let me look them up. I will Yelp them. I will look them up on on their website. I will look their Facebook up because I want to know when I get there. I want to feel like I'm already like in the know a little bit. I want to know what it's like there when I go to the website. And if it doesn't tell me that or it lies to me, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a concern with stock photos. We have some on our website, as long as they accurately represent, you know, basically for us, the stock photos are placeholders, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we get around to it, we're going to get a picture just like this yes. and put it in its place <laughs> and still feel like it accurately represents us. Right. Uh, so I've so I mean, done that. <laughs> majority of our photos are, are original. So I'm not saying I have an issue with stock photos. Yeah. What I'm saying is that you need to accurately represent who you are 
and let that shine through on your website. Yeah. And I think it's in, with the stock photos, it's really helpful sometimes when you can put a photo up and then you get a photographer and they say this, this style like this, sure. you know, go do yeah. this, do this in our service. Because sometimes you'll ask a photographer to take photos and if they really don't understand what you're going for, they'll just do kind of what they normally do. And then you get this whole batch of stock photos and this wasted Sunday and all these right. photos would be of people's backs. And, you know, there'll be groups of people that are fuzzy or the lighting <laughs> is super bright and you want to kind of that more, you know, dulled kind of right twinkly lights feel, you know, or whatever it is you wanted, you know, or, and, and so just because the stock photos weren't available, you didn't use those. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan of stock photos. I love unsplash. I go there all the time. Um, yeah, sure. so, Let's just, let's just uh, let me talk about the lobby. Um, okay. The particular touch point is a really sensitive area for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you start talking to church staff about, hey, when you walk into your room, when you walk into your, your lobby, that experience uh, of the furniture, the paint, the deck, the decor, I mean, it really does. The first pushback is always okay, well, that's not really important. That's not important stuff. So can you explain to us why that is important or how you feel about that? If it is, if it isn't important explain that too, but go ahead. Yeah. So it, it definitely is important, uh, from my viewpoint, because I think it creates, you know, again, it creates a first impression. Um, you know, you might say, well, you know, having a green chair versus having a blue chair, what does that have to do with my core values? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got a good point, but having a clean chair versus a dirty chair, <laughs> what does that say about your core values? Yes. Or, or having a green chair and a blue chair and a red chair and a yellow chair and a purple chair <laughs> and a white chair. What does that say about your core values? It says that or, you've, you've had a clown explode somewhere in the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if you walk in and you have a big lobby and no chairs, <laughs> yeah. what does that say about the experience you're trying to create? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, you really objectively have to walk in and say, if this was the first time I was seeing this, you know, again, remember, people are going to start forming an opinion before service is started. Mm -hmm. If this is the first time I'm seeing this, you know, how are people standing around? What is the traffic flow? Can I see where I need to go next? You know, if I walked in and I really need the restroom, can I find it? (laughs) You know, or. Are you going to frustrate somebody who's brand new to your church because they're walking in circles looking for a restroom, right? Or I have kids. Where do I take them to class? How do I know which class is theirs? You know, I have a three-year-old. Does he go in the toddler's class? Does he go in the preschool class? Yeah. That information can be really confusing, and a lot of it can center around the choices that you're going to be making when people walk into your building for the first time. Well, I, I think these first impressions, man, they're becoming so much more important, so mu- so much, so important to a visitor coming in. And there's so many things to look at. You know, it's why I always say, hey, if you can move your budget around and hire a communications director at your church, that's the kind of stuff they do. They handle right. branding and marketing and advertising. They handle what the chairs look like. They handle what your greeting experience is like. They're the ones that are supposed to head that up. And uh, so you being able to do what you do at a church, I'm kind of envious, man. I really want to I want to do what you do, too. That's so much fun to me. So it's really cool that there's guys like you out there that get to do that. And so if there are people listening to this, I hope they 
appreciate their position, whether they're paid or not. It's really a joy to be able to take a first time guest and really usher them into a relationship with your church so that hopefully they have a relationship with Jesus. Um, yeah. and if, and if they already have that relationship with Jesus, a relationship with other believers that can build them up. So, um, I think it's, I think it's great, man. I, I read through your book. I actually read it twice. Um, and, and I just found it to be incredibly helpful. And the reason it's mostly helpful, not only because it's just clear and short, I love short books. Uh, I'm glad you didn't put all 230 or whatever you found in there. I probably would not finish reading it. But I read it twice, and man, the cool thing about this book, which is why I think my listeners need to go and get this book, is because there is an incredible like interactive worksheet after each thing that helps people kind of assess where they are and then do something about it. I think right. that's missing in so many books that are about this. Is there's no like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> right, know, what's next? A lot of theory, you know, so there's a lot of practical stuff there. I think it's awesome. Well, cool. um, Adam, I... I, I'm so glad you came on the podcast. Can you tell us where can we find you? Where are you at on social? Where is your? Where can we get the ebook? Tell us where you are. For sure. Well, you can download the ebook at churchmarketingideas.com. Uh, it's free, so just go there and click the ebook link. And then while you're there, you can check out some of the other blog posts. Some of the stuff we touched on today is uh, there in uh, at churchmarketingideas.com. Uh, you could follow Church Marketing Ideas on Twitter. It's at the real CMI, uh, or you can hang out with me on Twitter. It's Adam underscore McLaughlin, and we better put that in the short show notes because that's a pain to spell. Okay, I'll do that. I will do that. Um, all right. So thank you so much for coming on the show. But before we go, I have a new segment that I want to do with you, just cool. for just for fun, called Five okay. on the Spot. All right. Okay. I'm going to ask you five random questions. You have not seen these questions. No, I have not. Okay. They are random and they're ridiculous. And I hope that you don't take offense. So here we go. Question one. What's better, scrambled eggs with jelly or scrambled eggs with syrup? Uh, Scrambled eggs with maple syrup. Go Canada. With maple syrup? Me too. I love that. Everybody thinks I'm weird for that. But man, come on. Syrup on eggs. It's awesome. All right. What's your favorite dinosaur and why? My uh, stegosaurus. Okay. Why? Because it's the first one that came to mind. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good answer. Two rows of plates. Two rows you know? of plates and two brains. Did you know that? I read that in a little golden book. Yeah, they have a brain. They have a brain in their butt. Yeah, they do. They that a... kind of reflects me. Maybe that's why it's my favorite. <laughs> that kind of sounds like what my wife says I have. <laughs> it's a butt brain. Awesome. All right. Here's third question. If puppies okay. are so cute, why do you hate them? I don't like puppies. You don't like puppies. Why? Yeah. Because they shed and they bite things and they, and they claw at things. How did you know I hated puppies? <laughs> Listen, okay, I have a quick story. I know I'm in the middle I'm of. I'm totally pup- kidding. Do you really hate puppies? I, I'm not a big fan of dogs. I don't mind them. I, I enjoy them at someone else's house, but I'm not either. I really don't like animals no, in the house. I tell you, I have a quick story. Um, my oldest son is seven years old. I have three sons. My oldest son is seven years old, and he was saving up for his own iPad. Oh. And so he's been putting away his birthday money and his allowance, and uh, he's a little entrepreneur. So he's been making greeting cards and selling them to friends and putting money in his iPad jar. So the other day, uh, I had some change in my pocket, and I gave it to him. I said, this is for your iPad jar. And he goes, no, Daddy, now it's a puppy jar. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, no, it's not. <laughs> nope, not happening. Uh-uh. <laughs> No, you get an iPad. So are you like a cat person or you just don't like animals either? 
No, I, I used to really like animals, and then we had kids, and now it's just way too much hassle. Dude, we are so on the same wavelength. And and hair and scratching and damage to furniture. I mean, that's what I have three boys for. Yeah, I got two kids, and I, and if I had an animal, it's like having a kid that can't learn. Right. You know, they can't grow up. They can't get better at not tearing stuff up. I mean, I guess they can. Everybody says they can, but it costs money to do that. Kids do that for free. Yeah. So they learn for free. All right, question four. Okay. Name five famous people named Tom. Uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Tom Jones, Tom, Tom 54. Tom 54? And, yeah, yeah. Who's you that? Don't know who Tom, I don't know Tom, Tom 54. And Tom DeLuise. Tom DeLuise. Nice. No, well done. That's Dom DeLuise, but I couldn't think of another Tom. <laughs> No, no, Tom. I was like, dude, I'll take it. Some Canadian thing. Tom yeah, DeLuise. Yeah. Oh, I should have been like, oh, it's like Tom Smith, eh? And Tom yeah. Jones, eh? And like. All right, last question. And this is the big one. This is the bonus question. You ready? Okay. How yeah. would you turn Joel Osteen's PR around? Can I decline that one? Wow, that's painful silence. <laughs> you, you're going to decline that one? You're going to pass? I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> I'll leave that one on the table. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, thanks for playing. And Adam, it was really fun. Thanks for coming on the podcast, cool. man. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. All right. We'll see you soon. And you guys catch up with Adam online. Go download his book. And uh, we'll see you back in a couple of weeks on the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. Thanks for being with us. We had a really good laugh at the end after we went off the air about that last question, especially. Adam is a really good sport. I really appreciate him coming on. We had a good laugh about it. And so if you want to connect with him, church marketing ideas and go find Adam McLaughlin on Twitter. I'll put those links in the show notes. Right now, our show notes are the description for each individual track in each episode of this podcast until we get a better system. So I'll put the links there for now. And then as we get it better, we'll we'll do something else that's a little cooler. Uh, for now, you can go find all those links there. You can also find links to my stuff, finding uh, Seth the Seth Muse on Twitter and the Seth Muse on Instagram. You can find me there. I post random stuff I, I see all day. It's I'm pretty active online, so I want I want it to be fun to follow me. So I hope it is fun to follow me on Twitter and Instagram and and, and to stay with me on Facebook and stuff. So go do that. And I wanted to say one more thing about this show. We would love to do a follow up with Adam. So if you have questions about anything that we didn't talk about or declared, or maybe you just want to clarify what we did talk about, feel free to uh, email those to Seth at SethMuse.com. And I would love to do, put those together for a different show. And we can uh, have Adam come back on and maybe talk about some of those uh, different questions. So feel free to email me again, Seth at SethMuse.com. And I would pass those on to Adam. We'll bring him back in a few weeks and uh, do a follow-up to some of those questions you might have. Uh, that would be really fun. If we don't get any questions, we just have him come back and talk about something else. But if you have questions you want clarified, we'd love to be, have this be an interactive and helpful podcast in that way. So feel free to chime in and I will get those questions answered for you. All right. Well, thanks for being here. We will see you in two weeks. Later. Later.